Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Hi, writers. Welcome to episode number 66. Appropriately, I am filming this on Halloween, although it won't be released till later this week. Uh, I'm Rachel Heron, and I'm just so glad that you are here with me today. I have a fantastic guest. She's been a friend of mine for a long time, and I have been nagging her to come on the show forever. Her name is Veronica Wolf. She's fantastic. She really, really knows what she's doing in this game. She's been at it a while and uh, she's really good at talking about it. And I found talking to her super inspiring as I am sure you will. She, I really love the way she takes a direct look at what we do and why we're doing this. Um, And also it's just a delight to talk to my friends on this show. So I know that you will enjoy her. In a little bit of an update, um, I'm just finishing up a Patreon essay to go out, uh, hopefully today, I believe. This one was really fun for me to write. What I do on the Patreon, patreon.com slash Rachel, uh, is I write essays about creativity and um, putting together a book and everybody who's a patron gets the book when the book is done. But um, this particular essay is about um, the wanting we all have this want in life. We, we all have this kind of, um, this, this hole that we want to fill. Many people fill it with things like shopping, addiction, um, zoning out in front of television. Uh, but what a lot of creative people do is we fill that want with making things. The, the want, that desire actually is about creation, is about making things. Um, and I talk a lot in the essay about how dopamine dopamine actually drives desire. Dopamine is not, as is commonly thought, the um, pleasure neurotransmitter. It actually does not transmit pleasure. It um, is in charge of desire and wanting, longing. So looking at the connection between dopamine and how we work as creative people has been a really fascinating thing to study this last couple weeks. And I'm really proud of the essay. So I'm glad that that's going to be winging its way out into the world. Um, And another thing I'm really happy and grateful about, I'm feeling very profoundly grateful today, I think is a a safe way to say it, um, is the fact that this last weekend, I got to go to the Writer's Digest conference in LA. And I did not know what to expect. I've been to a lot of writing conferences and sometimes I will admit they leave me a little soul sucked. I just, uh, I leave a conference and I, I either feel overwhelmed with how much I still have to do and learn and know and, and all the myriad ways that I'm behind not doing as well as I can. Um, and that, that absolutely didn't happen at this conference. This conference was just such a boy. I, you know, I love RWA. I love RWA conferences, but RWA conferences, Romance Writers of America conferences, um, they're national. They're huge. They have about 2000 people at each conference. And I got to tell you, romance authors are the most knowledgeable writers in the industry. They know everything. Um, 
they, and I include myself in that they, uh, also can be pretty jaded about the industry. Uh, we've all had a lot of heartbreak in it. We've all, you know, it, writing hurts. Being a published writer is not easy. This is not for the faint of heart. So RWA conferences are often, um, a venue in which we, a lot of us kind of whine and complain and worry out loud and, and chicken little, the sky is falling. And that's not always the case. There's, there's, there's a great deal of joy and hope and passion and excitement, of course. Um, but the Writer's Digest conference, I, I know that there were people, attendees, who have been writing a while, who have books that are published, who um, who were there to up their game. But interestingly, there were a lot of brand new newbies, people uh, who do not have a writing community of any sort, people whose only information about writing has been what they've gleaned over the years from the very excellent magazine, which Writer's Digest is. Um, so I swear to you, almost everybody I talked to said, this is my first conference of any kind. And the vibe was incredible. Um, I taught, I led three sessions, no, I, I led two sessions, one on um, plotting, one on uh, romance, and I was on a panel for women's fiction. And and in each of those rooms, and including all the other rooms that I went into to watch other presenters, uh, they were full of people who just sat in their chairs, leaning forward with huge eyes, and everyone was taking notes, and everyone was excited. People wanted to be there. They wanted to learn. They didn't, I'm sure everybody wanted to learn how to, you know, make a million dollars with your self-published uh, next bestseller, but there were fewer of those people and way more people who love writing, who want to get it done, who want to learn more about what this writing life is like and what it's all about and how to do it. And I found it simply astonishingly inspirational. I loved every minute that I was there. Um, normally at conferences, I grab one or two people that I kind of fall in love with and they become my friends and I just, I just glom them onto myself and I hope they don't mind. Uh, but this time Sophie Littlefield and I went together and we roomed and we counted on the way well, after after the conference was over, we counted like how many of these people that we really liked do we want to hold on to? Like we really want them to be our friends and come to our houses and and continue walking down this path together. And we counted nine. Um, and these are not multi-published people. These are just writers, um, a bunch of them who have never published anything yet, who are just on the on just starting. But for some reason, this particular conference, the Writers Digest conference, attracted the best people. We had such a wonderful time. So shout out to all the people that I met. Um, I can't even name them, but Thomas, I am thinking specifically of you because uh, there was this nice gentleman sitting next to us in the bar the very first night. Uh, Sophie and I went down to get a drink and found it inexplicably empty, which is not normal at a writer's conference, um, except for Thomas, who was sitting there reading his book. Um, he finished his book and then we drew him into conversation and he's just fantastic and going places. And I have to say that if you have not been to a writer's conference or some kind of writing community, I can't recommend it more highly. That kind of networking can be invaluable. And also it can be just really fun, really inspiring. It can bring you back and center yourself. So um, I recommend that. That's my entire update. I'm having a great time writing, getting stuff done and um, getting closer and closer. NaNoWriMo for me starts tomorrow. 
by this time, uh, by the time this goes live, uh, a bunch of you will be doing NaNoWriMo, which is National Novel Writing Month. If you hear this on Friday, uh, there's still time to join. You can join at the last minute of November. Um, just write a lot, write hard, write really badly. I encourage you to write some terrible stuff for NaNoWriMo because all of that can be cleaned up later. That's the magic of NaNo. I'm going to be writing the third in the Ballard Brothers romance series because boy, do I owe the readers that book. So um, that's going to be my focus, although I do have to write a short story before then. So I'm going to be nano rebeling it a little bit. I got to do one thing and then jump into the novel. But I will keep you posted on how that's going. I hope that your writing is going smashingly. I hope that you are finding time in your life to fit those sentences in. And if you are not my friend, um, before you listen to Veronica, why don't you make a note on a piece of paper on your hand of when the next time is that you will put some words down on the page for yourself. Um, and I would love to hear about it if you ever want to hit me up on email, Twitter, Facebook, any place like that. So enjoy the interview with the amazing Veronica Wolf, and we will talk soon, my friend. Hey, you're a writer. Did you know that I send out a free weekly email of writing encouragement? Go sign up for it at rachelherron.com slash write. And you'll also get my Stop Stalling and Write PDF with helpful tips you can use today to get some of your own writing done. Okay, now on to the interview. Well, I could not be more pleased today to welcome my friend, Veronica Wolf. Hello, Veronica. Hello. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank I'm you. excited to be here. Um, uh, listeners, you should know that I strong-armed strong her into this, um, so I've been trying to get her on the show for like ever since I started, so finally she, she gave in to my repeated asking. So let me tell you a little bit about her because she is fabulous. Uh, Veronica Wolf is the best-selling author of over a dozen books spanning several genres for both adults and kids. Penguin Books published her first 13 titles, some of which were also translated into German and Portuguese. Her first book, Master of the Highlands, which is awesome, a time travel romance inspired by real events and figures in Scottish history, won the National Reader's Choice Award for Best Paranormal Romance of 2008. Then Isle of Night, the first in her Teen Watcher series won the same honor for Best Young Adult of 2011. She lives with her husband and two teenage children and currently focuses her efforts on young adult and middle grade fiction. Did you know that um, I read Master of Highlands way before like we ever like talked? I did not know that. <laughs> and then I had like a fangirl thing. I'm sure I must have mentioned it like the first time we talked. But uh, but yeah, just had like this fangirl thing. She's I'll way too you. cool to ever, ever want to talk to me. Not hardly. Thank you. It's so, crazy. It's crazy. crazy talk. And we've been friends a really long time. A and, long time. Yeah. And Veronica and I go just back and forth and round and round about things like motivation and revision and um, always wanting to get the work done. So I'm super excited to have you here today. And I want to hear about your process and the good things and the bad things and the awesome and the angst. So tell me all of it. Um, I would love to know what your writing process is. Oh, man. I mean, I feel like I try to rebuild that wheel every single day, sadly. I don't know. You know, I've got the kids and I've got um, parents in town who I also take care of. And so there's not kind of a daily schedule that I can stick to. And, you know, I have to be up in the morning to take my son to school and get everything going. But really, like, if left to my own devices, like, whenever I'm on, like, a writing retreat, I'm, you know, in bed at 3 a.m. and up at 11. And, you know, I so know I really, I, yeah, 
So I really struggled with that for a long time. Like, when do I write? You know, because really my ideal writing time, I think, might be like 2 to 8 p.m., which is just like not possible. That's not ideal in anyone's life. Yeah. 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 Um, So I'm really, well, you have had the most amazing advice recently. You've been talking about the break the seal thing, which is like totally blown my mind because... I've been trying to do that, and that really helps. Can you uh, kind of define what that means to you for anybody who might have missed that podcast where I talked about it? Yeah, so it's basically, um, you know, just getting going. I mean, I, not necessarily first thing, because my first thing is, you know, feeding the dog and driving yeah. the boy, and does everyone, you know, have food? And, but yeah. it's like, you know, before I get sucked into email and Twitter and dishes and all that stuff, I, you know, do like 45 minutes with my manuscript and it makes it so much more accessible through the day. Like otherwise it becomes this monolith where it's like, okay, I'll start after lunch and then up. Oh, no, I'll start at two o'clock. I'll start after school. I'm a nighttime writer now. I'll do it at night. And then like by the end of the day, I'm like, it's 11 o'clock if I start now, you know, and it just, so if I, like, as you say, break the seal, like if I just kind of get that going first thing, it becomes so much less daunting. Yeah. It's just easier to kind of dip into through the day. And the excuses don't have the same amount of weight. Like, when you're saying, right. I'll do it at noon, I'll do it at two, I'll do it at six. Every time, not only are you pushing it, but you're also making yourself feel like shit. So that, I don't yeah. know, that just doesn't work for me. So breaking the seal is awesome. And this is something I don't know about you, although I know a lot about your process. If given your druthers um, with no other time competition on your hands, would you be more of a daily writer or are you more of a binge writer? Um, I don't know. It's so hard to say because like... I, ever since I've had kids, I've been writing. And so, um, I would say, I mean, I do definitely binge, but I think for the mental health, I really, it's better for me to kind of do something creative daily. Otherwise I kind of go a little loony. And where's your, Um, where's your favorite place to write? Do you write at home? Uh, that's another thing I experiment with. I've had back problems. So yeah. I've got this, like, I've got a standing desk with a little treadmill. So it's a walking, it's a tread desk. Do you like it? Which I love. I love it. But I can't um, revise. Like, it's yeah. it's good for creating words. But when I'm, like, tunneling in and, like, you know, tweaking sentence by sentence, it I really need to kind of tunnel in. But sitting can be tough on my back. So I struggle with that. I try to... I've been trying to, you know, do like a stop by cafe on the way home from school in the morning and just do like an hour there or I've, you know, friends who I'll meet at a Starbucks every once in a while in the afternoon or I don't know. Did I ever tell you that I I had a tread desk for a little while? No. Yeah. I built the jankiest one you've ever seen. Like it was a $150 treadmill, just treadmill, but very slow that I got on Amazon. And then I tried to put a shelf in the wall and I dismantled the the handles of the treadmill. So uh-huh. I so I had everything precariously balanced on this terrible um, shelf that really didn't hold anything. And it was like, I literally had to use duct tape to it. And 
and the treadmill wasn't the right height. So I had to prop it up on manuscript pages and yeah. I fell off <laughs> once during revision. Oh, no. I did during revision because oh you can't revise on a treadmill. That's it's yeah, it's hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I looked into like Craigslist. I was like looking at all these used treadmills Don't and I just it. decided you have to get the yes. tread desk. Plus it's built to run at a very slow pace for like eight hours. So it doesn't, you know, burn out like the regular treadmill. If I were going to get another one, I would save up and get an actual good one. Yeah. Yeah. Pro tip. (laughs) What is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing? It's like breaking that seal. Yeah. It's just sitting my butt down. And it's funny because I know intellectually, like once I sit down and am in it, then I just, I get angry if I'm interrupted. Like I'm super in it. But I will find every excuse not to just open that document. Yeah. Huh, so you must be a real writer. <laughs> <laughs> what is your biggest joy in writing? Um, uh, you know, I've got to say it's been like just meeting my little tribe, yourself included, really. I mean, right? yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I wish I could go back to my teenage self and be like, you're not an alien. You will one day find your people. And that has been the biggest gift has been just meeting so many wonderful people. Um, I agree. I so agree. I never, I never thought about that before, but I always, I think a lot about going back and telling like the 20 year old me or the 24 year old me, those were probably my hardest years. And all I wanted to do is be a writer. But if I had been able to tell myself that not only will you be a writer, but you will be surrounded by people who are exactly like you but also different in many ways like and that you love so much yeah that little that little person's head would have just exploded I wouldn't have been able to understand it so I would yeah I would not have been able to wrap my mind around that yeah totally yeah Yeah. what is the absolute best or worst writing advice you've ever been given oh so I've been thinking about this and it's funny I'm loath to talk about bad writing advice because if someone's giving you advice it means they're like trying to help you oh come on there's something that helped them but the thing that really messed me up for a large chunk of time was entering a writing contest <gasps> you know everyone's always like enter contest which you know once you have completed that. yeah and once you have a completed book maybe that's a different thing but um I entered one of those ones where it's like, you know, the first 30 pages or something like that. And I got back just the comments were like ruthless line by line and so subjective and so granular in a way that just like, I don't know. So I, and this ended up being master of the Highlands, but I could, yeah. But I was like way too fragile to be sending it out to some stranger, you know, across the country for them to read it. And I put it down for like six months because I felt so bad. Like, ah, I, I'm, I've been right all along. I am an imposter. So, <laughs> oh, um, so that was, uh, yeah. I have so, never entered a contest. I've always heard that. Oh, you know, I take that back. I, I entered one big contest when my, but my book was done. And, yeah. and that felt a little bit different, but I don't, I don't. But that's still hard. Like those Rita ones and you're like, I do want to see the scores. And then it's like, oh, for the Rita, I always mean? say no, no scores. I don't want uh, the scores. I can't change it. The book is published. You're a stronger woman I than I. I'm like, I just have to know. <laughs> <laughs> Put on my flat jacket and like, look at those numbers. 
<laughs> I love that. Your uh, your got your eye protection. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, can you share a craft tip about anything? Yeah. So um one thing that has helped me, like my big struggle is kind of finding the love, like remembering the love. And um there's a young adult author named Stephanie Perkins who has a thing called a love list. And what she does, and I did this for my last book, is at the beginning of a project, she will write a list of the things she loves most about her idea or about you know, the project. And I tell you, um, when I'm in the weeds and I've lost my way and I'm hating the thing and I think like, what am I even doing? I look at my little list and it's like, oh yeah, the floppy haired blacksmith and the like chiming creepy clock echoing through the halls or the creaking stair or like the, you know, Scottish Highlands or like some specific thing. And it just kind of gets me, it's like a little compass pointing and it gets me, gets my heart back in it and kind of gets me back on track. I absolutely love that. I have never heard anything like that. And I'm going to adopt it for every project I do now. Because there's always that moment where you, you're just like, not only am I an idiot, but I hate everything I've ever done in my life. Why am I beating my head against this wall? Yeah. That yeah. is so cool. And you, you're like editing the same paragraph for the 30th time. And it's like, okay, time to go back to like 30,000 feet and like, oh. remember what the point is. Oh, so. I, I have a, I have a file in my email. Um, that I, I don't know where the term mash note comes from, but you know what a mash note is? No. Ma- a mash note is a real old fashioned term, like maybe, maybe early 20th century. Um, people would pass mash notes and they were kind of like love notes. Girlfriends would give them to each other. And, oh, and I it love was, that. yeah, yeah. And so I have an, I have an email file that I keep called mash notes and I've kept it ever since like maybe 2005. So whenever, Maybe before that, when I started my blog, um, whenever anybody would send me an email that really, really meant something to me that made me feel good, I would put it into the file that I could look at if I ever felt like the imposter, which I always felt like the imposter, but I never, it's funny, I've never actually, I think I've gone back through the MASH email file once after a particularly horrifying review that left me like in body parts on the office floor. Um, But just knowing it's there makes me believe in the back of my mind that I'm somehow still a writer. So, so along those lines, like just having that love list can make you remember that this book is worthy, that, that it's worthy of being written by you. Yeah. I completely love that. I love mash. I wonder what the etymology is about. I don't know, but I'm going to Google it. I'll Google it and and let you know, because there's something, there's something like probably, I always thought it was vaguely wartime like, but maybe that's just when it, when I heard about it. You're thinking like Alan Alda. I might (laughs) You're thinking of the 70s TV show, I think. You know, because I probably heard about mash notes, which were from like the teens and 20s, right when I was in the 70s watching mash. And I probably conflated the two ideas. That's embarrassing that you know that. Surgical hospital. (laughs) Probably different etymology. I had no idea that's what MASH did for anyway. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. There's a lot of things that we learn on this podcast. (laughs) All right. When you have um, self-doubt or the very, very dark days, how do you deal with it? Um, So you mean dark months, right? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Dark months, dark years. Uh, You know, I turn to you guys. Like, I turn to my friends and like you know I've got the core 
group of people who, even when I don't feel like a writer, think of me as a writer. And it's good to just like even be among them, even if I'm like writing, you know, kid related emails while I'm at the Starbucks table with them. It's like, okay, this is like, this is where I've been and this is where I'm going. And I just need to remember that, you know, so that, and also just getting out of the house really helps. Um, yeah, I've been doing, um, writing dates at the museum. You and I've done one. Um, but you know, like walk around, look at some art in the cafe art craving lately. So maybe we need to do that soon. I need to, I need Uh to see some art. And you're yeah. an artist and you're in, you're, you no, know this stuff. Artist. But you're, you, didn't you get like major in I it? I studied art history. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> you know all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And on really bad days, if you couldn't write ever again, if you could choose any profession, what would it be? So this is a funny one because people, it's funny you don't know this because people who know me well know this answer instantly. And so I live along the beach, you know, uh-huh. I live uh, the house overlooks the ocean and they are regularly out there like doing exercises and on, um, super blustery, like when the waves are crazy, they'll come out in this tugboat and they, for like an hour, will just aim that tugboat right into the waves. And I think what choices have I made that I'm not like on a tugboat somewhere, like, you know, wind in my face and. I don't know. And then, you know, they'll do the surfer rescues a lot and the helicopter hovering over the water. And I don't know. It just seems like that makes so much sense for you. Five with the Coast Guard. That makes so much sense. (laughs) Did you know that they are the highest rated in terms of happiness of all the military branches, too? Like, really? Coasties love being coasties. They love it. I mean, they're on the water helping people. It just seems pretty great. Yeah. So. When I, whenever, when I was in 911 and whenever we would need to utilize them, because I always work jurisdictions with a lot of ocean or bay around them, it just uh-huh. always seemed like when I would call them and say, you know, I need your boat over here to do this. And they would just be like, yes, ma'am, we are on the way. Here we come. <laughs> just very high satisfaction in terms of job, I think. <laughs> All right. Well, we need to get you on that yeah. boat. Good, good, good. I love that. Right. What is the best book you've read recently and why did you love it? Oh... Um, you know, this is hard because I consume a lot of books yeah, all at once. So, um, you know, I usually have like an audiobook going and a book book. Um, and I've been reading a lot of short stories lately. So maybe I'll give you a few answers. Um, oh, yeah, please. so I've been reading, I'm totally going to mispronounce her name, Annie Pruel. You know, yeah. she wrote Brokeback yeah, Mountain. Yeah. Is that how you say her name? Pruel? Pruel, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I had read some advice to read her because of, voice how well she does voice and I've been reading these like cowboy stories and they're amazing just how deep that POV and how strongly she gets the voice in just like a very economical number of words so that's been kind of blowing my mind just reading her um let me check that out because I love a cowboy story and I haven't read her in years and years and then um I, uh, my most recent audiobook I loved, um, by Ruta Sepetis. She wrote, um, uh, Between Shades of Grey, which is, was oh, amazing. I just, I just returned it to the library because I didn't have time to read it. So you do really uh, think that it's definitely worth it? So good. Well, the audiobook is really good. And then I just did her, 
uh, latest one called Salt of the Sea, which um, I loved not as much as Between Shades of Grey, although maybe that was because it was Between Shades of Grey was like so kind of new and fresh to me. Um, Let me ask you a question but- about Between Shades of Grey because I started it and I love the voice. And I worried if it went, and I love dark, but that just, it seems so dark and hard to read. And my lazy, um, my lazy heart just said, oh, is it going to hurt too much? And I put it down. I have to have a good ending. Like I really, I, and um, that's one of the things that she's so great with because she takes these, you know, they're set, at least these two books are set in World War II and there's just, just horrors. Um, you know, the between two is a graze of like a pr- Russian prison camp in Siberia and salt of the sea is this, like the most horrific maritime disaster in history is like over 10,000 people on this ship went down. And, oh, that's actually more interesting to me. Yeah. And, wow. um, but, uh, it, it is not hopeless. Okay. Thank you for and saying that. that. That's then all I'm going to say. I'm going to give it another and, shot because people love and, her. Yeah. And there is like love in there and I don't know I really it's pretty special what she's done so coming from you yeah. I absolutely yeah. trust that I will go okay. from the library again <laughs> but I know what you mean I can't I can't read it like I don't like sometimes I want to go as dark as possible bad. but but oh, ah, ah. okay yeah. um and where can we find you online where where do you hang out so, well, my website's veronicawolf.com. Wolf has two Fs, but I don't know. I'm never there. Um, I, uh, I'm i on Instagram at slash veronicawolf, Twitter, uh, veronicawolf, and then Facebook is, I think it's veronicawolf fan page. Okay. And I know um, you don't have anything out real recently, but, um, but if I were to ask you what the favorite book you ever wrote was, what is that? I'm not sure of the answer. Uh, huh. Um, uh, you know, I think it would be one of my Scottish time travels. So like, I really loved Lord of the Highlands, but I think that I loved it because that was the easiest one that I wrote. It was like number four in a series. And I just come back from a, one of my trips to Scotland and it just like, it just wrote itself flowed yeah. for me. And plus it's like this, you know, tortured scarred hero which oh, oh my, my favorite God, give me a tortured scarred hero any day of the week does he have a limp because if he has a limp I'm yes alive. really yeah that's my and man he's a real guy from history who's like um yeah okay that's what i'm reading next. walking <laughs> and then i'll give you a copy um <laughs> but then the one that people seem to love the most is um the people love like the watcher series which is my yeah. middle series and the first one is free so oh that's very cool yeah, for a I, little while still. It's, it's, I haven't read that yet, but I do I do know that people love that from you. So it's on my list. Very different from the Scottish stuff. But well, anyway. Thank you so much for um, allowing me to browbeat and flirt you into being on the show because I oh, really just, needed to uh, talk to you. Plus, I get to see your face. Yeah. So, all right. I wish you very, very happy writing. And I will talk to thank you very you. soon. And thank you. Okay. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining me on this episode of How Do You Write? 
You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.